I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Lone Star House of Design, a showcase of amazing design and architecture talent from the great state of Texas. This episode features Ashley Moore of Morehouse Interiors and the philosophy behind intentional design. What does that really mean, intentional design? Isn't all design intentional? I really thought so prior to speaking with Ashley, but as I always do through these conversations, I learned something. I learned a lot, actually. Intentional has many different meanings to different people. The intent of crafting a space with a purposeful goal of blending old and new while crafting a unique space specifically with the individual for whom the space is crafted, it's an art form that requires a great deal of focus and applied craft. This is Ashley Moore. When it it rains, it pours. It does. It does. 2020 has brought it, and I'm over it. 2020 has has brought it. I'm going to quote you on that because it's absolutely true. It has. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious, too. uh, Probably a good place to lead off with is how have you managed? What what have your clients been asking for? from you. I have noticed this and I don't know if you have as well, but the pandemic has completely changed and I think forever altered the, the level of importance of design and architecture as we know it. I think nobody ever expected to be stuck at home for as long as we've been stuck at home and you realize then all the things you need to change. What have you noticed? What have you seen? Oh my goodness. Well, I think, I mean, home is all, I'm a homebody by nature. So home has always been super important to me as a person. My mom was a stay at home mom. So she always really just made the effort to make it feel really, just really special and like our safe haven. But we've done multiple office renovations during the season, just because there's kids at home. We've got to get these offices shut in. Play spaces are now turning into home room spaces. It's just been, it's been crazy. And then the functionality aspect, people are noticing left and right. Okay. My kitchen does not work for all of us to be in here and it makes no sense. So please come help us. How do your clients feel about you coming in and, and workers coming in at this time? Has that, has that stopped it, slowed it down? No. No, Texas is, we're, we're back open a lot, <laughs> almost to full capacity. And I feel like we'll be there within the next few weeks, but um, no, I don't think, I mean, Texas got hit pretty hard, but nothing like New York or other parts of the country where we're really, really compacted. And I feel like, and we're out of the suburbs of Houston. And so like we live on acreage and our houses are more spread out and we're able to thankfully get outside a little bit more, but um people are over it. People are ready to get back to their lives. And we really haven't had anybody with any issues. How has it affected uh, product delivery and your ability to specify product? Less. It has been, it's been really hard. Um, We actually installed a house the day before Houston got the shutdown. And um, we had some issues with like magnetic closures on one of the pieces not being in stock and we're still waiting on it. And that was back in March. Um, thankfully we had one other install two weeks ago 
and that the master bedroom, all the furniture sat on a truck in Dallas for two weeks because the delivery drivers weren't showing up to make their deliveries because of everything that was going on. And then the hurricane came through and so they weren't going to deliver to Houston. So hopefully next week we can finish that, that master bedroom for our clients, but it's made it really hard. And then we're just, we keep telling our clients, a lot of our new builds that are going to move into furnishings, they're, they're like, why are we thinking about this? Our house is not going to be done until next summer. And I'm like lead times are so far back at this point. So uh, we just keep chugging away and just explaining like it's a whole new ball game right now. It is. And I'm curious, has that changed the way that you research, specify product, look for new partners, new product partners? Has it, and in addition to that, because there is no, you know, there is no Salone, there is no Maison, there is no market, there is no high point, there is no, I mean, has that changed the, the way that you specify product? Yes and no. I mean, we were really looking forward to being able to go to market because we do have a lot of, I mean, massive whole home furnishing projects going to finish up next year. So we were looking forward to October and finding those new vendors and things like that. So that has really put a cramp in our style but we really are just getting online. A lot of the vendors are coming to us, which has been so, so nice. And we've been very thankful for that to bring out samples of the materials and things. So, I mean, it's made it harder, but I, I feel like since we're being stuck at home and the kids have been home, it's been quite nice because trying to get out with the kids and go try to specify things would, that's just a nightmare in and of itself. <laughs> If we're having trouble schooling them at home, taking them out to go to, yeah, they don't make good assistance. Kids don't make good assistance. No. Well, and it's like they, they've lost their minds during this time. They totally have. I'm so glad for structure and that my kids are back in school right now because, whoo. Your, your kids are in school, in school? They are in school, in school. They started a couple weeks ago, so it's nice. We're at a private school, so the class sizes are small and they're able to stay six feet apart, so it's good. It's working out. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I was going to ask you, oh, I know what I was going to ask you. So when it comes to the events, like you, you mentioned market, um, I'm curious, do you think that that's going to change? Like I know market's going to come back. Salon is going to come back. The internationals, the domestics, they're all going to come back eventually next year, most likely. But I'm curious if this has changed the the manner in which you um you get your samples, you keep your samples, you meet your reps. Um, has this, has, maybe you don't wait every year to get new samples. Maybe you don't wait every year to go to market. Maybe the companies start being a little more proactive about how they bring you samples or how they get you samples. At the same time, what I've noticed over the last couple of years is most, most designers, design firms, architecture firms, don't necessarily want the same library of samples and products that they've had in the past. So now we're at this weird point where, gosh, it'd be nice to have everything, but we don't want to have everything. So how has this changed that for you? Um, it's, it's really hard. I mean, we look forward to market. It's kind of a vacation, if you will, to kind of get away, to see all the new stuff um, and to shop for clients. It's just a really, really fun trip because we get to sit there heads we're normally sitting down heads down cranking out design work visiting with clients and it's just kind of a time to let loose so I'm hoping that vendors things do change and 
hopefully more localized events happen within the design centers that are here in Houston. Hopefully more design centers will open up and um, we'll start seeing these vendors more locally. Well, tell me about that from a, so you're in Tomball. Yes. Um, you're, you're not that far away from Houston. So when you, you can go into Houston and you can, you can, you can visit some showrooms, but I don't think, I don't think Houston really has a design center. They have a small one. And to be honest, we haven't gone down there because it is so high end and that's not really our client. Um, so we, we are sourcing a lot online right now. Um, and just praying that it all comes in the way it looks online. <laughs> that's, the, that's the tricky part, isn't it? Oh, for sure. I just had a client that we installed her dining room table a couple weeks ago. And she's like, this is way darker than the picture. And I'm like, oh, for sure. So we're having to come up with solutions and trying to make it work within that space. Well, that is what designers do. I mean, because yeah. you know what? Things come in wrong all the time. All the time. All the time. And a lot of the times we can hide it and the clients never know. But then sometimes it's, Oh, it showed up off the truck and sorry, but we got to make it work and we will. Well, yeah, that is the nature of the interior designers. We got to make it work and we will. Um, <laughs> what's, what's interesting too. And I've, 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 you know, I started Lone Star House of Design because I spent a significant amount of time in Texas. I've got family in Texas, love Texas. And one of the things I love most is like, you know, being in Southern California, we drive out every other year or so. And when we drive out, I usually, I always take a different route and I will usually wind up in a different city and spend some time with the kids in a place we've never been before. And one year we wound up in, gosh, Alpine, Marfa, Big Bend, down that area. And, and the picking was fun. But what I've, heard, what I've heard over the last couple of years is that Texas has been discovered and it's, it's, getting a little, it's getting a little picked through, which, and, and for you, because you've got this modern farmhouse style. And by the way, when I say style, I don't, I learned this a long time ago. I don't think any designer worth their salt is stuck on one style, but it's more like their fingerprint. Sure. Yeah. You know, that's kind of like your fingerprint. It's, it's, it's what, what you leave behind, whether someone can recognize the work that it was you that did it, there will always be traces that it was you. There are certain, certain consistencies that, that you leave behind as a designer. And I think that that's wonderful. But you do have, have this, one of the things that you've seemed to focus on, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that, is that modern farmhouse where you're, you're mixing and blending and matching and you're creating sort of this, this comfortable blend. And with that comes a lot of things that aren't new. Oh yeah. That's, I like to say that's my signature mark because I love the old stuff. And I think it is because I am from Texas born and raised um, just in a small town, Southeast of Dallas. And my mom gave me a love for basically junk. My mother-in-law calls it junk because it's not the fine antiques and um, it's stuff that has patina on it and is just aged and it tells a story. And those are the, those are the pieces that really, I feel like make a house a home and they really just layer in such a different aspect than the clean, the clean of all new, you know? Well, you have the clean of all new, which is great, but the all new in, in some cases now on the higher end, it's made 
as higher end. But the the mass, you know, a lot of designers, there was a there was a phase where it was like, you know, the I I call it the the millennial mark, right? Like you would get one nice thing and then surround it the rest of it with Target, CB2 and IKEA, you know, and, and, and that was the design. I think that much of that is, is still out there, but I think it's refined a little oh. bit more, right? Where you can get, I worked with a designer once on a design house and I watched what she did. She's a great designer. And she put, she just put this room together impeccably and had hanging in the center you know, a, a light fixture from Ikea and it worked. It absolutely worked because everything else sort of brought it together so that it didn't have to hold the room all by itself. I thought that was really cool. It's when you have one nice thing and then surround the rest of it. With, <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, the old stuff that you can find around the South is just so much fun. Where do you go now to find that knowing that you've been discovered and, and people come from, from all around to find it. Yeah, so right where we're located, we're an hour from Round Top, which is the big, big thing here in Houston. But I grew up, since I'm from, the, I claim Dallas, so I'm southeast of Dallas. Is where okay. I the King right. Trade Days yep. out in East Texas. And First Monday. I, yep. My mom drugged me through those fields as a child, and I hated it. I mean, it was so hot. But she taught me to love it, and that's where she's she's kind of my shopper. I can't mm. let myself out, but she's my shopper most times because she they're thirty minutes from there, and she's got an eye, and I, I think that's where I got my eye of design from is from her. So um, Canton is my little hidden gem, but it's it's getting overgrown. It's not as big as Round Top, but it's it's getting there. Well, it's interesting that you bring up Roundtop because Canton and Roundtop really are these two signature design focus. I mean, it's great. In Southern California, the equivalent would be the, the um, Rose Bowl. You know, the Rose Bowl, there's a, there's a, a flea market at, uh, at the Rose Bowl, which is, which is fantastic. But it's also very well known. The Rhodium is another one out here, but it's also very well known. So you don't get deals. You know, right. it's, you can find things that are amazing, but you won't get a deal on it. Do you, do you like to pick? Do you like to wander around? I do. My husband hates that. He's like, what is the purpose of us being here? Like, what is going on? And I'm like, nope, we're just going to mosey. And if I see something great, and if not, and if it's too high price, I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, what you have access to as well. You know, the last time my wife and I went out to... Houston, we, we took a road trip, uh, dropped the kids off at the grandparents' house in Houston and drove up to Tulsa. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so you get, you get a blend of Indian mm -hmm. influence, Amish influence, Old West. I mean, you get a, you get a lot of influences through there. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, and I think like these little, also these little mom and pop shops and antique stores if you have enough patience to dig around you can really find some hidden gems that's for sure yeah so also you know where you are you've got acreage which is 
I, I wanted to ask you about that, the difference yeah. between, because you work in Houston as well. Do you, do you work up in Dallas? No. Okay. Really. Austin? Yes, we do in Austin. Okay. So you'll have, you'll have big acreage where you are, but Austin, not so much, right? Because in, I mean, I guess, I guess you can, but in most cases you're working big and small. Right. Well, and most of our projects in Austin are on Lake Travis where we're, we partner with Younger Homes, who's out of Austin. And um, so a lot of them are, I feel like more of our projects are on acreage than not. Okay. Do you, do you design differently for space? And I asked the question because, you know, having spoken to so many designers in LA, New York, San Francisco, Space is a luxury that most people just don't have. For sure, yeah. And with space comes more challenges that many, many don't think about, you know, architectural challenges notwithstanding. Um, To design, you have to have a different point of view. You have to be able to sort of bring bring the big down and as opposed to here where it's about making the, making the small look bigger, you have to sort of bring it in a little bit. And I'm curious how you approach that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Texas homes are big. If you travel around, like you will, I mean, it's, it's insane. And I think they keep getting bigger. And the, there's a delicate balance of you want it to feel big so you can have all your family over and you're able to entertain. But you also want a coziness to it so it doesn't feel so grand. And when we moved, so we lived in Houston for the first five years of our marriage in a little bitty ranch style house, 1500 square feet. And as we started having kids and goodness gracious, we outgrow grown it so fast, but we moved out to Tomball to get acreage. And our house is way bigger than most. I feel like just because it does have a formal living and as a formal dining, it has a study that my husband does not use. Um, and I'm sitting in my family room right now, we can comfortably fit everybody here, which is great because my parents and in-laws, everybody's out of town. But um, my favorite thing is when people walk in, they go, it doesn't feel that big. It doesn't feel as big as it looks from the outside, which is what I want. I think that that's what I want for all of our houses that I designed to feel is to feel like just like a warm hug. Like it's just so cozy because you, I feel like I've walked into houses before that are so big and that don't have that feel or look to it. And you, it just feels like you're in a museum. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny too, because if you're in Dallas, whether you're in LA in Beverly Hills or in Dallas in Highland Park, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, just the, the massive expanse. Most people don't live that way. Right. Oh, no, no, not at all. And so when you're, when you're designing, what are some of the ways I'm curious, and it's funny too, because being in Southern California in a mid-century beach bungalow of 1,264 square feet, so we don't have to worry about too much space. Um, How do you, how do you make the big cozier? Do you, do you, do you have, do you have strategies like you'll come in and say, okay, here's, because most, most people don't use the library, don't use the formal study, don't use the, the formal living. It's, it's a space that doesn't get often used. Do you repurpose it or do you look at it and say, okay, we can make it more functional? I think it's all about functionality. Um, for my clients, I think I just, I have a really good sense with our own house. Like our formal dining has been a playroom 
It has been the formal sitting room where the where we would hang out. At one point, I moved our dining room into our formal living, and my husband like he would come home every day and be like, "What are you doing?" And this is kind of when I first started out. And it's just about seeing how we live in the space and really making it work. So that's when we go into these large houses, I want to see and know how our clients live in the space. And a lot of the times when they're building and they're building these big houses, I tell them like, Hey, let's move in your old stuff. I know you want to get new stuff right away, but let's see how you're going to live in it before we make a big investment of all new furniture. And if it's something that you're not going to use, well then let's repurpose it. So like our formal living is now where I sit and do my Bible study and it's kind of our end of the day. My husband and I will go sit in there. The kids can be in here watching TV and we just kind of decompress. I'm curious too about your balance between inside and outside. So you've got the inside covered. Now, when you've got acreage, you can do all kinds of fun stuff with the outside. However, you also have hurricanes and you have extreme heat and you got a lot of rain and you've got, you know, a lot of cold in the winter. No, it's not terribly cold. Not like, you know, it gets colder in Dallas. I'm, I'm sure it does, but you know, it's cold for Houston. Yeah. So you got issues outside as well. Um, how do you, how do you approach outside? Well, it's funny you say that cause we just redid our outside and we love to entertain. So, um, I kind of approach it like we do inside what's functional. I mean, yes, we can do a lot of fun things. We've put on the back of our property, we put a playhouse for my daughter, which it was great when she was little. And now that she's approaching 10, she's not, they want AC out there. They want a bathroom out there. I'm like, do y'all just want to move out or what? (laughs) But it's one of those things where it's about materials, a lot of materials, all of our patio furniture. We made the mistake years ago when we moved in of just buying cheap stuff because we knew it was going to, it was going to face all the elements. But then I'm like, when we redid our patio, I was like, Hey honey, let's really invest in stuff that's going to last us for the next 20 years. So we're not having to every year buy new chase lounges at a hundred dollars a pop. Whereas we spent an enormous amount of money on I'll do all new outdoor furniture and we know it's going to last. It's lasted so far a hurricane, a tornado, the summer. So we're doing good all in one year. You are doing, you're doing well. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, and it's interesting too, because I think that that sort of speaks to the next, to the next idea. And that is, I've, I've always felt, and the reason I started the podcast in the beginning is because the stories behind design, you know, the way that the business is changing. And if you talk to other designers elsewhere, and I'm sure you do, you know, the, the challenge is greater now, you know, designers who are, who are busy, who are working more have had to really up their game, especially in 2020. And because clients are getting savvier, they're shopping you more, you know, online used to be back in the good, I don't know if it's the good old days or not, but you'd have a design center and if if your clients wanted to go, they had to have you there with them. Right. You know, and then you'd go in, you'd specify, you'd shop, you'd, you'd see the MSRP, but you'd never see what the designer was paying for it. 
And I think over time, savvy clients and competitive practices where it's like, okay, well, here's the hourly and here's, you know, here's the difference between the MSRP and, and what you're paying for at the discount. And the discount has changed. And then many decided to get out of the design centers, go online and try to offer it directly to clients. There have been a number of services that offer, you know, that online design service, which I'm, I'm not a huge fan of. Right. But it has all changed the nature of the business, which means that you, you know, designers used to be, if I'm just super talented, people will find me and I'll have clients and I'll do more business. Now you have to be savvier. You have to have more of a business approach to what you do. And I'm curious if you've, if you've noticed the same thing. You know, I think it's all, of, because when I first started, I was more of an e-design. I had, the kids were still at home. I was not going out and meeting clients as much as I can now since they're in school, but I think it's about getting the right clients and having the right clientele because just in this past year, I've really noticed that our clients were really clear and transparent and upfront about all of our pricing. They pay, they pay a flat fee for our design. They see the MSRP. They know that we're getting a discount. They see the markup because it's in our contract that that, I mean, that's how we run a business. And so, and we just, I feel like our team is so fantastic about giving such excellent service that that's why they keep coming back or referring us out. And so I don't know, 2020 has impacted us, but we've been so blessed because it's been a good impact that has happened. We haven't seen a downturn in any business. It's just been ramping up and up and up. So curious what you're, what you're seeing in your thoughts. I have, a, I have a theory based on what I'm seeing now and the amount of people who have bought and sold new homes due to them yeah. is just staggering. I mean, it's, a, it's amazing how much real estate is, is trading, trading hands right now. And generally speaking, when real estate changes hands, that's, you know, the next step is to call in the designer. Yeah. And I'm curious if you're seeing that where you are. No. And it's, it's really crazy. My husband and I had this conversation. He's an oil and gas. So, you know, Houston's known for that. That's, that's the, our economy here. And all of our clients are new builds. People are, I mean, they're just building and it's crazy. And he's like, who, who are your clients? What do they do? And we're not working with anyone in oil and gas right now, but, um, so I can't really speak to the remodels because we don't really have that many on the docket right now. It's, everybody's buying property and building right now. Yeah, no, I, it's interesting because I can see, I feel like this is a great time to, for a new build because yeah. you don't have to be in it. Right, yeah. Right? And so I think, I feel like the, the homes that are, you know, the transactional business that's taking place right now, we're going to see this next year because vaccine, whatever, as it opens up, you know, I, I've noticed that a lot of architects are, are busier now. Many of the architects I speak to are getting new, a lot of new projects right now. That also means, you know, I, I think next year is just going to be an absolute boom year for, for design. I can't imagine it being any bigger than it is right now. Really? <laughs> yeah. We've been swamped. And I think, I think one of my girls is out on maternity leave. She just had a baby. So we're feeling the pressure with just two of us working in the office full time. But, um, yeah. And I think we will, with the, I've noticed that 
people are buying a lot. And with the, the interest rate so low, I feel like out here in Tomball, where we are doing the majority of our work right now, these houses were built in the early 80s, 90s, 2000s. I mean, when we bought our house, it was straight out of 2000. And it was all faux paint and everything else. And that dark kitchens and people are, and I think a lot of people are trying to DIY it themselves and quickly learning. We can't do this. Like we need to hire professionals to do it. Yeah. And I mean, look, let's be honest. If you've got a 1,264 square foot beach bungalow, yeah, you can probably do a lot of stuff yourself. If you have a 5,000 square foot, you know, 17 foot high ceiling, you're not doing it yourself. No. Some people try to start though. Their husbands think they can do it all. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, that is so funny. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm, do, you, do, you see, do you see the population growing in Tomball? Oh my gosh. It's, is, it a growth, is it a growth market? It is insane. Yeah. When we, when I, okay, so I went to A&M and I graduated in 2006. And so I was a teacher before I started designing. I wanted to teach in Tomball because it was this small little 3A district, really small population. It reminded me of home. And now I feel like we're one of the faster growing districts. They just opened up two new elementary schools. Like it is insane. We have, so Houston has three loops, so to speak. We have 610, we have Bellway 8, and now we have 99, which we live out on. And there are so many housing developments that are coming up along 99 that it's just, it's, I just can't even, like we came out here to get away. And now I'm like, we've been here for almost seven years. I'm like, where else do we go? We're going to be in Brenham or halfway to Austin by the time it's all said and done. Right. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. The info. Like I remember when we first moved to Dallas the very first time in 94, you know, if you were, if you were in Plano, that's as far as you went. You know, yeah. unless, unless you were going to Oklahoma, Plano, <laughs> there was nothing else. Plano, then Greenville, then Oklahoma. Yeah. But, but now, I mean, it just, you're almost at the Oklahoma border. It just keeps going. Oh, yeah. I, well, I remember when I was graduating high school and I mean, Dallas was the place for us to go to get out of town and it was 30 minutes away, but um, McKinney was going far, like super far. And it was just when I started looking for teaching jobs, my mom wanted me to come north and it was just like, well, how far out am I going to go? I will be in Oklahoma before you know it. <laughs> so funny. Um, wanted to talk to you about a couple of your projects. Sure. And the first one I wanted to talk to you about was, um, was Fry Lane. Yep. That's our oh, house. Oh, that's your house. That's my house. Yeah. That was my very first stab at this whole design thing. I love that. Okay. So tell me, because it's interesting, the, I looked at a lot of your work and I felt like this one had some through lines and consistencies that I saw in other projects, but I didn't know that this was yours. That's really interesting. So let's, let's start in the kitchen. Okay. And was, was this the layout that you had coming in or, or did you change it around? Um, it's pretty much the same. I mean, there were our vent hood is now. I mean, it was still the same spot, but it was this massive brick wall. We had a rounded raised Island. The windows were like half the size and it was red. 
What year was it built? Um, 2001. Okay. All right. I can see it. Okay. Like the, the cabinets were like, they would look just real dirty. Let's just put it at that. (laughs) They just look nasty. So you created a much bigger island, a sit-in island, which is, which is fantastic. And that, that farmhouse sink, it's, it's very, very comfortable, but it's not, it's not overly large. No, no. It just feels really comfortable. What, um, who did you specify for the kitchen? What appliance was? You know, we kept all the appliances. Oh, you did? Yeah, we kept everything. There's Thermador. It's all Thermador that was in there. And they were, they weren't good. I keep telling my husband, one day they're going to go out. <laughs> Don't say that. I know, it'll happen probably tomorrow at the rate we're going this year. <laughs> so the living room, um, how high are those ceilings? And that's where you're sitting now. Okay, yeah. all right, I see it. Yeah, so they're about, it's about 20 feet at the peak. Okay, were the beams, oh, the beams were there? The beams, beams were original? No, well, they were there, they were smaller, and they were painted brown. They weren't stained, they were painted you know, one of, the, one of the things, too, that I absolutely love is, and it's small, but I love the mantle because it's, it's proportioned perfectly for that fireplace, but you also didn't force the TV above it. No. And no. I love that. Yeah. I didn't, I never want that to be the focal point, like decorating for Christmas and when I, I do decorate for the kids' birthdays and deck out the mantle, I did not want that to ever be... I didn't want our TV to be the focal point. And yeah. TV come a long way. Like that Samsung frame TV is great. We yeah. love it in a lot of houses. But I just can't imagine our TV being over our mantle. Yeah. No, I, and, there's, and there's no need for it. And especially now, too, it's interesting. You know, I just did a, um, I did a virtual panel on smart homes. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because one of the things, you know, and you're probably seeing this as well, that people are asking for way more in their homes, you know, so now in, in the baths with the steam shower, that can provide so much. Are you starting to put those in? Are you getting those requested yet? We don't need any steam, any more steam in Houston than what we have already. <laughs> Our skin already looks great. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but also the, the lack of a need for cabling or wiring. And, and if, you've, if you've got a smart device, you've got a TV now anyway. So, you know, there's still the idea of, you know, if you want to have a, a movie night with the family, which is great. So you need, a, you need a bigger screen or a projector, but you don't need to have a 40, 50, 60, 80 inch TV mounted on every wall. Right. I mean, a lot of the clients that we work with, their husbands would love that. Um, but yeah. And when I did ours, when I did this living room space for us, we knew that we didn't want the TV there, but we also thought about how we were going to live in the space. This is where the hub of our activity happens. It's here and in the kitchen and the sectional that's behind me, like we all get in that one corner and we sit and we have movie night and we can all see the TV from that point. If we have guests over, we're not gonna have the TV on anyways. So we can all sit around and talk, but it, we definitely didn't want it to be the focal point. It's funny too. Now that I think about it, the, um, your daughter's or your kids, uh, your kids house playhouse out there. I think eventually, you'll get an 80 inch TV and it'll be your husband's man kid. That's where, that's where he'll have the 80 inch. No, he has a ranch to go to. That's going to oh. be my shed. <laughs> oh, that's yours. 
that's mine. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's so great. Um, next one I wanted to ask you about was Dawn's Edge. Where is this? It's on Lake Conroe. Okay. Um, this seems like a slight departure from some of the other projects that I've, I've seen of yours, which I think is really interesting. And just starting with the banquette, was the banquette there or did you, was that, was that stick built? Oh, so the banquette, the house is originally 1960, maybe 70. Okay. So there was a bar area with mirrors everywhere. It was, it was special. Was it the smoked mirrors? No. Okay. No. I'm surprised. Brass edging, like it was nice. <laughs> well, I love that. That's just, I, I love the banquette. I just think that that is the coolest thing. Yeah. So cozy. And this, this kitchen, did you change the layout of the kitchen? No, everything stayed the same. Um, the cabinets changed like the faces. Um, even that island. The that, brick? Yeah, it stayed. I painted that. I, That's great. I watched it myself. So this was my second job to do, and it was our old neighbor's house. And they had moved out to Lake Conroe. So it was a, it was a fun one to do. That's back when I did a lot of the legwork. So the banquette table was theirs from Pier 1, and it was dark, and I sanded that bad boy down. And Interesting. That was, that was the last project I ever <laughs> decided to sand my client's furniture down. I was like, I can't do this. So that's, okay, that's interesting to me. So doing the, you know, a lot, many, many people I speak with, they, they like the getting into it and doing it and, and you've done it and you're not doing it anymore. No, I mean, I like it for my yeah. own stuff. That's a labor of love. It is. It really is. And as hot as it is, and my kids were little, nope, don't have time for it. <laughs> Backing up a second. Uh-huh. I love also that you came from a second career. Yeah. I, I feel like some of the best designers, many designers I talk to know that they wanted to be a designer. You know, they were rearranging their furniture when they were 11 years old in their own home. I was not blessed with a knowledge of what I wanted to do early right. on. I kind of had to feel around for it. And I think you are so uniquely qualified to be a designer after being an elementary school teacher. Oh, well, thank you. Um, it was, I will say it was a long journey to get here because I too did not, I didn't even know that you could be a designer. I came from a middle-class family, small town, population 3000. You were going to marry your high school sweetheart and you're going to have all the babies. And that was just kind of the thing. I went off to school and had no clue. I changed my major 25 times and it still never even resonated that this could be a career. So I got a teaching degree and taught and met my husband. But I think it's funny because I've looked back over the years of how God has kind of woven this story and just my life. But my mom let me redecorate my room every summer. We were watching trading spaces back before there was HGTV. She was constantly we put up border in our house and wallpaper and she just let me have free range. My late grandfather was a trim carpenter and for college, he let me design all my furniture and he made it for me. So I didn't even know that that was a thing to do until 
we renovated our house and I was like, and people started asking, Hey, can you help me do this? And I'm like, well, it's easy. And I didn't, I didn't realize that people, it just didn't come naturally to people. So. Well, I also think too, what grade were you teaching? Seventh grade. Oh, seventh grade. It's a, they're, they're so kind and, and loving at that age. They are. I love (laughs) Backing up a second. I think it's interesting. So you, you were designing furniture. Now talk to me about, talk to me about product and a product line. And cause that's always, you know, it's interesting. That always seems to be on the wish, wish list of designers, even, even if it's something that they don't intend to do, because that's a whole different world. Licensing product. Right. Is that something that you eventually would like to get into or do you do, you do it now? I don't do it now. I think it would be so fun because I mean, it was so special to be able to do it with my grandpa, like all the memories in his shop doing it, drawing it out and he can see the vision. Um, Honestly, right now I don't have the time and I don't have the capacity, but I think eventually I think it would be super fun. Would you, you know, it's interesting too, the idea of designing one's own furniture. It's, yeah. it's kind of daunting, but it, it kind of seems like the Holy Grail a little bit at the same time. It's like, if you can, if you can design a piece of furniture that other people would love to have in their home, that you have other designers specifying in their work it just seems like something really special oh for sure now i'm not going to say my furniture for college was anything special um (laughs) well no and i get that yeah it was so cool though because being from texas i taught seventh grade texas history i had he had there was an old barn on their property that they had torn down and he'd taken all the wood off of it i had a vision i needed a place to put my tv to house clothes. So he did that. We framed a ginormous Texas flag and antiqued it. And that was my headboard. He made all my side tables. It was very rustic and all things Texas. That is really cool. It was fun. And that's one of those, that is one of those cool things. And, and, you know, that I love about Texas is you can, you can take, you you can, there is no shortage of old Texas, legendary memorabilia, even if it's pulling old license plates. I mean, you, there is no shortage of things to find. Nope. It's awesome. And people are proud of it. And there's such a tasteful way to do it. Such a tasteful way. Now my college way was probably not the most tasteful, but I thought it was cool. (laughs) Well, it, it is, you know, it is cool too. And you know, sometimes that, that is the inspiration for what's next, right? For sure. For sure. What is, what is next for you? Um, I'm just trying to put one foot in front of the other at this point. 2020 has really, it really has been a doozy. Um, a lot of our projects were pushed off by financing right when it first started and the stimulus packages and all that kind of stuff. And so normally we're very strategic about how we plan out clients starting dates and they all started at the same time. And it has been 24 seven pushing, dying, crying, all the, all the emotions have been felt in 2020. So I'm just looking forward to a vacation. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> you know, it's really funny that you say that because you're not alone. Yeah. And I, know, I think you know that. Yeah. It's like everyone's looking for a vacation. And I feel like the one thing that has been consistent 
along this, you know, through this whole journey that we've all been taking together is that many, if not most, have realized that the, the vacations have to start at home. For sure. Right yeah. now. We have to be very intentional. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I think that, you know, we've kind of started there, but it will be, do you have, do you have a vacation spot where when this whole thing opens up, when we're finally done with this, where you're going, do you know? Somewhere in the mountains. Okay. If it's not all burned up by then. Boy, no kidding. Right. I mean, what else? What else? You know, but I'm a mountain person. My husband would like to be on the beach, but we're, we're going to the mountains this year. If all we right. Ever get together. <laughs> all right. Good. Well, listen, Ashley, this was so much, this was so much fun. I really do appreciate your time. And thank you for the podcast. I have, I listened to it on my walks and it is just such a breath of fresh air. And it's so nice to hear other people from the great state of Texas talk about their businesses. Thank you, Ashley. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you as well. Please subscribe to the show so you catch every episode of Lone Star House of Design and Convo by Design. You can follow the show on the socials as well, at Convo by Design with an X on Instagram, and check out the YouTube channel for videos from some of your favorite episodes. You can also find us uh, convobydesign.com. Thank you for listening. And until next week, be well and keep creating. Mm-hmm.